Good morning and welcome to Sunday School at Second Baptist. I hope you're doing well today. I'm videotaping this on Friday and you may hear some rumbles of thunder or some rain in the background and hopefully it's not going to pick that up too much and you'll be able to hear the things that I'm saying. I'll try to talk slightly louder than my normal. Um, so we're going to finish up the book of Philippians today and begin in chapter 4 verse 10. That's where we got to last week and so we're going to go on forward from that. This is a um, an interesting conclusion to the book because uh, Paul, you know, makes some verses here that are very well known and quoted often. So we'll we'll see what he has to say. So let's start off by reading chapter four. This is Philippians, um, verses ten and eleven. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. So, Paul is, um, you know, as we've talked about before, this is a letter that he's written to the Philippians and uh, he had some several topics that obviously he wanted to cover in the letter and so now we're getting to uh, this part which is where he's going to talk about the support that they have been giving him and we don't know exactly if that was money it probably was money but it could have also been things that they sent to him, maybe bags of food or something like that. But likely it was money that was sent to him or clothing or something like that. And so um, so his first uh, mention of this in, in this lesson today, he says that, you know, in the past you have um, been concerned for me. So he doesn't come right out and say, you have given me money, <laughs> but you have been concerned for me in the past, and I rejoice that now at last you have revived your concern for me. And so, obviously, when uh, Epaphroditus had come to them, uh, they uh, he also had brought a gift um with him for for Paul something to encourage him from the church and so as we go forward we'll see Epaphroditus mentioned and um, then in verse 11 he said not that I speak from want for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am now let's go on and read verses 12 to 14 because that kind of goes along with that I know how to get along with humble means and I also know how to live in prosperity in any and every circumstance I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry both of having abundance and suffering need I can do all things through him 
who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well to share with me in my affliction. So, I'll go ahead and cover the very last thing he said there where he mentions his affliction. And as, as you will remember, Paul was in prison um, in Rome because of the gospel, um, the, because of complaints from the Jews, but really and truly it was because of the gospel. And so that is his affliction, his present affliction. And, you know, we talked about how if you're in prison, uh, your your people, whoever that is, your family or friends, have to come and help to supply your needs or you just don't get supplied most of the time. And we've seen that very same way overseas at times. And so Paul says here now famously, this is these are verses that are quoted often, but he says that I've learned to live in any kind of circumstance to be content in any circumstance whether I've got a lot or a little whether I'm hungry or I'm well fed or you know he gives a list there of things and I think that gets quoted often because it should be it is and should be a goal of our Christian lives is to be content, to live in contentment. And that's a very hard thing to do because uh, some people more than others, I guess, but I think all of us can think of something that we would love to have and want. And your want can become the, the destroyer of your contentment, I guess you might say. And we can be much happier in life if we can be content with what we have and trust God that he's going to continue to give us what we need. And it, it's not that it is a sin to have things, you know, that's not what Paul has said. Um, it's not a sin to have more than one piece of clothing or whatever, you know. But if we have if that becomes the focus of our life on getting more of whatever the thing is, whether it's we have, you know, five pairs of shoes and we want five more and we're just focused on that or, or whether we um, have a house right now and we want a bigger house or a better house, we're not content with the way our home looks or whatever. And, and you know, again, that doesn't mean we have to say, oh, well, you know, it's wrong to want anything. But that want cannot take the place of the contentment of living and knowing that God will give us what we need at the time that we need it, and we, we should live in that, and that's the way to be content. And then um, verse 13, people use it kind of, you know, as it stands alone, where Paul said, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And that's a, you know, that is a, I think a general philosophy of, of Paul's life that he felt he could do anything because God gave him the strength to do it and the, 
the drive and the ambition or the, the power, the protection, all of those things that go into the things that we can do um, through Christ strengthening us. And Paul had, you know, made that a, a philosophy of his life. And we should too. That, you know, when we begin to despair and we begin to think, I, I just can't do this. I can't make it through this problem. I can't face this situation. Or I can't um, make my ends meet. Then we can rely on this verse and be encouraged by it where Paul said, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And my, my Bible also gives another interpretation of the through as in. So it could say, I can do all things in him who strengthens me. Now we can't, we can't take that verse and say, I can do all things. And, and let that be the encouragement because, and, and we see that in our society, don't we? Where people, uh, it gets stated in different ways that you have the power within you to do anything. I'm sorry, I forgot to put my phone on silent before I started this. I was concentrating on the rain and not concentrating on the phone. Um, so, so in Christ, we can do all things. And we could go even further with the discussion to say, um, all, is it all things, period? Or is it all things within the will of God? You know, and that's, that's a whole other other thing because if you if you say oh I can do anything because I'm in Christ you know then um, that's where you get the uh, sort of name it and claim it mentality of saying that I can um, I can I'm powerful I can do anything because I'm a believer you know and so just demand it from God or ask it from God and he's going to have to give it to you, you know, that sort of thing. And so you, you, that's kind of too far in that direction. So we have to be very careful with a verse like this. But if we can keep it in perspective, I can do all things through him. So if we're doing it through him, then we're doing it according to his will or, um, you know, he is giving us the strength then. He strengthens us. Okay, let's go on now to uh, verses 15 to 17 you yourselves also know Philippians that at the very first preaching of the gospel after I left Macedonia no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving but you alone for even in Thessalonica you sent a gift more than once for my needs not that I seek the gift itself but I seek for the profit which increases to your account. So here in this uh, part, you know, he's, he's just relaying facts that happened in the past that the Philippian church was the, at, at a certain time was the only church 
that was sending him some kind of aid or help in his ministry or in uh, the prison as well. And he says, you know, even when I was in Thessalonica, you were sending me gifts. And so, you know, he he's commending them for it. And then he says uh, this statement, not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek for the profit which increases to your account. Now, what he's talking about there, you know, is that um, it, it refers to other places in the Bible where it says, you know, God loves a cheerful giver or um, the idea that God will bless um, you as you bless others. And, you know, again, it gets... It gets a little bit hairy. I guess I have a, I have a difficult time with the idea of fundraising in general, you know. And I'm sort of facing that right now in a way because um, we began to work with this new mission agency, and you know, for many years we worked with the International Mission Board, which is a part of the Southern Baptist Convention, and the Southern Baptist Convention supports the missionaries through the cooperative program. And of course, we do that also as a church. We send the Lottie Moon Christmas offering and those things, and it supports those missionaries. So they get a salary, and they don't have to raise support. So now that we're, you know, in America, and we've started working with this a, a different mission agency that's based in America, uh, we have to raise any support that we may want. And you know, for now. Um, I think both of us feel very uncomfortable in going to Southern Baptists who are already supporting missionaries and saying, hey, we want you to also, you know, support us. And so we're, we're depending on our own salaries uh, to support us in the work that we're doing. And we're just trying to begin the process of raising support for our travel expenses. And we're not good at it. Neither one of us are. We're just not going to be good at it because it's not within us. It's not in our DNA to expect people to give us anything or to demand or I, I don't know. I mean, I just don't even know how to begin to do it. So we'll, we'll see. Just hopefully I can, you know, sell more houses and then that'll get us there. <laughs> one way or the other, God will provide for us, right? Um, so what uh, Paul is talking about then is the profit increasing to their account, the profit of God's blessings to them. And you've heard the phrase where someone might say, you cannot outgive God. You know, if you are generous to others and generous to uh, in the time that you give to God, in the way that you live your life, then God also, you know, blesses you. And that, that is true. God blesses his people. Um, now Paul goes on, and let's go to verses 18 to 20. But I have received everything in full and have an abundance. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you have sent, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be the glory forever and ever. Amen. 
Okay, <clears throat> so again, he's uh, repeating this idea that they have, you know, given to him through Epaphroditus, what Epaphroditus brought. He saw it as, a, as their sacrifice to God because they gave it for, the, for God's work. And that's the appropriate way to look at it. And he returns that by saying, God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory <coughs> in Christ Jesus. And God does have limitless resources at his disposal. And at times when um, it seems that we just don't know how that's going to happen. It happens anyway. I've heard Clint tell the story, and I may have mentioned it on here, of a time when it was time for him to pay his tuition for the last semester of college. That was way back in the day when we were young and very uh, poor <laughs> when we started off in marriage. And it was time for him to pay that tuition, and there just wasn't any money for it, you know. And so... On the day before that tuition was to be paid, a church member uh, came early to the church and met Clint and said, God told me to give you this amount of money. And it was the money for the tuition. And so that was kind of a miraculous uh, circumstance because that person did not know that we had a need or what it was for, but he just was obedient to God that God sent him to give us that money and that you know many people can tell stories like that of how God provided for their need at a time <clears throat> and it's it's good for all of us to look back because we get <clears throat> to a certain point in life where we are content because we are in a good situation and we have all the things we need and we have a home or whatever but it's always good to look back and if there was a time in your life when you didn't have enough and to remember what that was like and how God provided and God brought you to where you are today. That's always a good thing for us to remember. Now, Paul concludes this little book or letter by greeting again. His, um, I guess you, you might say he's, he's given his final greetings. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me greet you, and all the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. So, he's letting us know here that he's not alone. He has the fellowship of believers who are there with him, and they are also greeting these in the Philippian church. And he's greeting everyone in the Philippian church. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me also send their greetings. And all the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. So even in the household of Caesar, maybe servants or whoever, there were those who were followers of Jesus and were uh, there with, with Paul, you know, giving him encouragement and greeting uh, the others. And so that, you know, that kind of shows how the gospel had spread even in the midst of Paul being in prison. So that concludes then our study of Philippians.
and we're going to start next week. Let me flip over here. We're going to start next week on Colossians, which comes right after Philippians. And so if you want to get ready for that study, um, go ahead and read, you know, the first bit or all of it or, you know, some of it. And you'll be ready then for when we meet again. I look forward to seeing you and I hope you are well this week and uh, be encouraged by the words that we've said.